Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is November 17th, and our reading comes from James chapter 1. I love the book of James because it is so practical. I think you're going to really enjoy going through this book. Now, let me begin by giving a little background. James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and he's the half-brother of Jesus. In other words, God's not his father. Joseph was. He was born of Joseph and Mary. He's the half-brother of Jesus, and he didn't believe until after the resurrection. But after the resurrection, when he met the resurrected Christ, his resurrected brother, he put his faith in Jesus and eventually was martyred for being a follower of Jesus. In fact, let me tell you the story. He was preaching one day and they drug him out of the church and they made him, they threw him to the ground and and tried to force him to recant, to deny Jesus. And of course he refused. And so they carried him up to the top of the temple, and they threw him off to kill him. He hit the ground. He did not die. And he rolled over on his knees and began praying just like his brother on the cross. He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And the crowd went into a raged rage, and they stoned and clubbed him to death in the street. He died a martyr, believing in Jesus. But he writes this book, and it's full of such practical instruction. Let me pick up in verse 1. He says, this letter is from James, a slave of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. If I were him, I would have said, and he's my big brother. He says, I'm writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. They were scattered because of persecution. Verse two, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way. So let me just stop and and make sure we all understand in this world, we will have trouble. That's what Jesus said, right? In this world, you will have trouble. And now James's brother says, and when those troubles come, what do we do? He says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Well, why is that true? Because God works redemptively in our trouble, in our trial, in our crisis moments, in our suffering to produce good things in our heart and character. So what are those things? Well, first he produces character. Here's what he says. He says, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to go grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So the first thing that trouble does is it grows our character. And we talk about this all the time. But the truth is none of us develop character through our successes. I think we'd all have a very difficult time looking back on our life and writing down any life lesson that we learned in our success. The life lessons that we've learned came in our trouble, in our failure, in our suffering, 
in our crisis. So the first thing James says is, is that trouble is going to produce endurance in your life, and that's going to help you in every area of your life. It's going to produce character in your life. That's going to equip you for every good work, for everything God's called you to. Second, our troubles produce wisdom. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask your generous God, and he'll give it to you. So often it's in our trouble that we turn back to God and discover the wisdom we need to get out of the trouble we're in. Or we discover why we're in trouble is our independence. And we didn't take time to listen to God previously. Then we found ourselves in trouble and we learned to listen and we gained some wisdom, right? Then in verse nine, he talks about trouble producing faith. He says, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. How has he honored them? He's made them rich in faith. So the rich in the world, they may be rich in possessions, but they're usually weak in faith because the truth is they don't need a lot of faith, right? And if we're not careful, one of the things I think we've got to guard against in American culture is creating a life that doesn't require faith. And you remember what we learned in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we want to be careful that we don't so arrange our life that it doesn't require us to trust God. We got to live by faith. And the poor are rich in faith because they have to trust God for everything. Then in verse 12, God blesses those who patiently endure temptation and testing. So another thing God produces in our trials is holiness, right? It's through my trouble, through my temptation, through my testing. It's through that whole crucible that I learn holiness. I discover the path to freedom and obedience, and I begin discovering the blessing of obedience versus the curse of sin and independence. Next, he says in verse 16, he says, don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God the Father. Another thing we learn in our trouble is we learn gratitude. We begin to recognize that the gifts, the blessing in our life comes from God. So James is getting started in this book. He's speaking to a group of believers who are under tremendous pressure. They're being persecuted. Life is really difficult for them in a way that we don't experience in American culture, but that people are experiencing in a lot of places in the world today, China, India, the Muslim nations, Nepal, many places in the world where Christians are being persecuted under tremendous pressure, facing a lot of trouble. But what James would say is rejoice. Because God is working in your trouble to deepen your faith and to produce character, faith, wisdom, holiness, and gratitude, right? And we'll continue this conversation again tomorrow. So let me pray for us. And let's ask God to see our trouble through a different lens to have a different perspective, to open our hearts to what God is trying to do redemptively in the midst of any struggle, any trouble and trials that we face. Let me pray for you. Father, I'm so grateful when I look back on my own life at the troubles that I've gone through, the trials that I've gone through. 
I'm so grateful that you met me there. You've taught me so much in those moments. You have built my faith. You've transformed and are transforming my character. You've given me wisdom. You've helped me to to live in a greater freedom and holiness. You've produced gratitude in my heart and so many other things. We'll keep talking about this tomorrow, but God, I'm so grateful for how you're working in my struggle, that you're always present. You haven't left us alone like orphans. You are with us and always at work in us. God, we're so grateful for James and his testimony. Here's the brother of Jesus, and yet he becomes a follower of Christ and declares him his Savior, his Lord, and his King. God, that should inspire us. I know I I don't think I could convince my sister to ever think of me as the Messiah. And yet James gives his life convinced that his brother was the Savior of the world. God, that should just build our faith and encourage and strengthen us. And so I pray for every person today that's going through difficulty. I don't mean to make light of their struggle. I know so many people are hurting in different ways. But God, I pray that you would meet them there, that you'd build their faith, that you'd encourage and strengthen them today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me. I hope that encourages you today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.